The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. They're an A or they could be an F. And that's the Buffalo Bills when we talk three years from now. The bottom line is they made the bold move to go out and get Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen. A lot of people hate Josh Allen. They think he should have been a third-round pick. So you look at Josh, I'm a big supporter of his. Tremaine Edmonds, a linebacker as well. But I think this all boils down to A.J. McCarron is the bridge to Josh Allen. If Josh Allen's as good as I think he will be, it's an A. If people have the concerns about the, the accuracy and the other issues, then all of a sudden he's a disappointment, then it becomes an F. So I'll roll the dice with Josh Allen, a freakish town, a Matthew Stafford type at the quarterback position. Where else would you rather be than right here, right now? Hey, let's go Buffalo. Hey, let's go Buffalo. The Bills make me wanna Hey Bills fans, Bills Mafia, and official rookies of the 2018 Bills roster, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Circling the Wagons podcast, the only podcast that thinks grading a team's draft is dumb when none of these players have taken an actual NFL snap, uh, but also can't stop reading them, nonstop. (laughs) So Bills fans, how did the Bills do? How'd they do in the draft? Well, this episode is our draft wrap-up episode where we will go over each pick of the 2018 NFL Draft for the Bills, and we have an interview with NewYorkUpstate.com's Ryan Talbot. Uh, Ryan is very busy, as you can imagine, with writing articles, uh, radio spots locally and around the country this week, so we obviously appreciate him coming out of the podcast and answering a few questions about the draft. We also have some exciting news about our podcast, obviously, This is a free podcast to you guys, the listeners. But if you'd like to support our podcast and and check out some cool stuff, uh, you can visit tpublic.com slash user slash ctwpod. Tpublic is spelled T-E-E. And uh, the ctw pod is just like our Twitter Twitter handle, uh, Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod. And we will post images for our podcast. You can purchase a shirt a hoodie, a onesie for a baby, or even some cool wall art. Um, I'll tweet out the link so you guys can check it out. Um, It's in the actual description of this podcast. But it's a really cool site where you can upload some cool stuff that, you know, we think you guys would like in a coffee mug, cell phone case, pillow, tote, etc. We just uploaded the famous wild card playoff chances graph uh, where you see uh, the Bills having almost no chance to make the playoffs until the very end. Uh, when Andy Dalton hits uh, Tyler, Bo- Tyler Boyd on that ever-famous 51-yard bomb for a touchdown to put the Bills into the playoffs for the first time in 17 years and finally ended the drought. Uh, you can get this piece in a lot of different sizes, and I plan on hanging one up in my Bills room in a frame or maybe a canvas print of it. Not really sure, but check it out. Let us know what you think. Uh, we also have put up our updated podcast logo there. Uh, which we won't release formally until uh, some podcast here in the off season. So if you guys wanted a sneak peek of it, you can see it there. Again, that's tpublic.com slash user slash ctwpod. All right, now the interview with Ryan Talbot of newyorkupstate.com. He has been following the Bills as a writer since 2013 for Scout, billsmafia.com, and currently gives you all the latest Buffalo Bills news and info for newyorkupstate.com. And is here to discuss the NFL draft with us. I'm joined by Ryan Talbot. Ryan, it's great to have you on the podcast again. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. It's been quite the weekend. <laughs> I bet it has been a crazy weekend. Probably one of the craziest drafts in my lifetime, at least. 
Um, before we get specifically into the picks themselves, how do you feel that the draft went overall for the Buffalo Bills? You know, I think they did a very good job, especially with their first three picks. Uh, there's a few day three picks that I like as well. And, and I know the bills have already said that on day three, they were kind of looking more so for needs than for value in some areas, just because they didn't want to have to cut draft picks. And there are a lot of needs on this team. So it'll be interesting to see how some of those day three players fit because maybe they weren't the best player available on the board at the time, but they have a chance of making the roster due to Buffalo's needs in those areas. So, um, I guess after this weekend, I mean, based on, you said the day three, uh, picks being more to fill needs. I mean, how many more needs do you think that they have, or do you think that they filled the needs that they had going into the draft? Well, I I think they're still going to look at a few more linebackers, um, add some depth there, some competition. Uh, I think a running back or two will be brought in as undrafted free agents just to compete. And they, they do have a lot of running backs currently on their roster, but it never hurts to bring in a few young guys to maybe push out a few vets or to bring on to the practice squad eventually. Uh, you know, maybe an edge rusher as well. They, they did address, obviously, defensive tackle when they selected Harrison Phelps, but they didn't really go after any kind of edge defenders or any defensive ends that can get after the quarterback. So that could be another possibility as well. All right, well, let's go right into the quarterback. Um, the Bills traded up with the Buccaneers to draft Josh Allen with the number seven pick, even with Josh Rosen still on the board, someone that a lot of people has a consensus number one or number two quarterback. Uh, do you think they made the right pick there? You know, it, it's too early to say. It's too hard to tell because there have been quarterbacks where they've been selected and I've said, oh, you know, what a great pick or what a great uh, fit for this player and then they don't pan out and then a few years later they're with another team and then they're just out of the league altogether uh so when it when it comes to josh allen i mean tonight brandon bean after the draft said even if we played in a dome josh allen was our guy that's the guy that we wanted so it's clear that they did a lot of work on all of these quarterbacks obviously because they met with most of them throughout the draft process whether it was at the combines uh, pro days, pre-draft visits, private workouts, etc., And they came away saying, Josh Allen is our guy. So, uh, you know, we'll find out sooner rather than later. But I will say that his last two performances where you've actually seen him in competition, which would be uh, Wyoming's uh, bowl game and then the senior bowl, I thought he looked better in terms of his footwork, in terms of his accuracy. Uh, but that's going to be the biggest thing with him is – Yeah, I'm sure there'll be some frustrating throws where he'll miss some guys that are open, just like any quarterback does. But can he fix that accuracy enough where he can lead the Bills on long drives down the field? And it's not just those long bombs with his arm strength that put up the points, because you do need a consistent quarterback, and and we are going to have to see him take that next step in the NFL. Well, since it seems like there might be a few more steps until he until he becomes a starter. I mean, do you think he even has a chance to be the day one starter? Or do you think the uh, accuracy issues might put him behind A.J. McCarron on the depth chart? You know, I, I think they're not going in with any expectation of starting him. They said that if he wins it, he wins it, and he'll start then. But I think they want to bring him along slowly. Uh, I, I think that they're comfortable letting McCarron compete with um, – with Nathan Peterman. And I think in their minds, they think that McCarron will win the job, especially based on what they, you know, they, they paid him a modest salary for a free agent, but they're paying him obviously the most of any quarterback on their roster. So I, I think he'll get the first opportunity to start this year, but with a late bye week this year, maybe that's the point in time where you might see Josh Allen is after that bye week late in the year, or if the bills are really struggling early in the year and he is showing the most promise in practice, I don't think their their game plan is to start him week one, but in the NFL, stranger things have happened. The The Bills gave up two second-round picks to move five spots from number 12 to number seven to draft Josh Allen, and the Cardinals gave up a third and a fifth-round pick to move up five spots uh, from number 15 to number 10. In your opinion, do you think the Bills gave up too much to trade up, considering the Cardinals gave up uh, so much less? You know, I don't think so, because I believe the rumor or the report out there at the time is the Cardinals possibly were trying to get up to that number seven pick um, that the Bills ended up getting. So 
at the end of the day, the Bills might have been competing against them for that selection, hence why they had to give up more. Where after the Bills moved up and were able to get their quarterback, uh, there wasn't really maybe anyone competing for that pick uh, when the Cardinals moved up, that is, other than Arizona. So they didn't have anyone else to compete against, so they didn't have to give up as much to get their quarterback, which ended up being Josh Rosen. So I think at the end of the day, there may have been Arizona trying to get Allen, uh, and there could have been a few other teams just trying to move up to get a different prospect that they they really coveted, whether it was a quarterback or not. So it, I, I think that's what happened in, in Buffalo's case. So if, if he ends up being a franchise quarterback, then you're going to look back on this and say that, that they didn't give up too much at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that sentiment. Um, I, there was a report out there from Chris Mortensen that Bill's owner, Terry Pagula, was infatuated with Josh Allen's ability um, we haven't seen Pagula make many quarterback picks as the Bills owner. Um, do you think Pagula made this pick, or is this really Bean's team, and is it just a coincidence that they drafted Allen? I would say more coincidence than anything else. I, I think at the end of the day, Pagula went on some of these trips. I think he looked at some of them, and he might say, you know, I really like this guy. Um, but, at the, but at the end of the day, he doesn't have any kind of scouting background. He hasn't been doing this the way that the Bills have the scouts. They have Brendan Bean, who's been involved in football for years and years, and obviously Sean McDermott. So he can give his input and say, oh, this is the guy that I like. But at the end of the day, if the Bills would have come back and said, Josh Rosen is our guy, or Let's, we want to move up and get Sam Darnold. That's our number one guy. I, I think Pagula would have respected that because here they would have laid out why they like this quarterback the most. Uh, and at the end of the day, it just happened to be Josh Allen. A lot of experts that have defended Allen's talents have pointed to his low completion percentage and issues against top collegiate competition to the team that surrounded him. Do you feel like that's an accurate defense of Allen's shortcomings? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's fair to a certain extent. Uh, Sal Capasio of WGR recently showed some, kind of some good and bad of his game, and, and he pinpointed some throws that were right on the money that his receivers simply dropped or or they just didn't um, position themselves the way an NFL wide receiver would because the, the throws were where they were supposed to be. Where now in the, in the NFL, you know, the Bills don't have the greatest wide receiving group in the league by any means. But they're more likely to come away with some of these passes that he's coming up with. And if you, if two or three of those passes per game ended up being caught, who knows what his per, uh, completion percentage would have been here at the end of the year. There wasn't a lot of talent in Wyoming. Um, so I think there is a little bit of, def- of a defense that you can make in his on his behalf. And um, that's going to be one of the most interesting things to follow, though, when he finally does get on the field is, do his numbers improve in the NFL? It doesn't usually happen that way. Uh, but when you're going from talent like Wyoming to talent like NFL talent, it should go up a little bit, I would think. The Bills moved up to draft Tremaine Edmonds in the first round. Now, I know that you tweeted out that that seemed like a steal at the time. He's young. He's not even 20 yet. Does he have what it takes to be the quarterback of that defense and be a day one starter at linebacker? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you, you know, the one thing that I, I'll say about Sean McDermott through two two drafts now is he really does seem to value experience and, and guys that have played on the field for multiple seasons. And Edmonds is the exception. He was He's a guy that maybe doesn't fit that mold, but he is such an explosive guy. Um, the size and speed combination is, is very rare. A uh, very intelligent guy, though, and I think that he will start at day one at that middle linebacker position. I think they're going to give him that responsibility. And while Preston Brown racked up a lot of tackles for the Bills last year, this is a guy is a completely different athlete. He's someone that they can use a little bit differently, and I think he's going to be a day one impact player for Buffalo. As far as um, the third-round pick, Harrison Phillips, his defensive tackle out of Stanford, and do you think that he has – a chance to be in the rotation in his first year. And what were your thoughts on the pick? Yeah, that was another great pick. That was just a a, a perfect fit. Uh, He was one of those players that I didn't expect to be there at pick 96. And as we're getting closer and closer to Buffalo's pick around three, I thought they could have traded up uh, to try to get him just because I know they had met at the senior bowl. Matthew Fairborn of New York upstate wrote an article about uh, they're meeting together and how he he is kind of like a Kyle Williams clone of sorts. 
So I thought he was a really good fit. And when he was still there at 96, it just made so much sense for the Bills. Uh, Kyle Williams, obviously, coming back on like a year-to-year basis these last few years. And it wouldn't surprise anyone if the 2018 season is his last. So you can bring him in, give him a year to learn behind Kyle Williams, but also put him in the rotation, obviously, get him out, to get him on the field, get him that experience. But then in 2019, he takes over Kyle Williams' spot. Uh, the, the talent is there. Um, you know, more so as a run stopper, but he has been a little bit disruptive in the passing game as well at Stanford. So I think he can do both roles very well. And he's in the locker room. He's just, again, a perfect fit for Sean McDermott and the type of players that he likes to uh, draft and bring into the team for the culture. So now the Bills selected Ray Ray McLeod out of Clemson in the sixth round. Does he project to more of a wide receiver or running back for the Bills? You know, I think there's just they're simply going to use him as an athlete. Uh, you might bring him in for a drive and start him out in the backfield. And whether you're, you give him the ball out of the backfield like a running back or you do a play action and then he goes out in the passing game, uh, I, th- I think they're going to use him in, in clever and creative ways. I think he's just going to be an athlete on offense until he can gain a role. Uh, if he does establish himself as a wide receiver, obviously he looks like the type of player that would fit best out of the slot. Um, but, I, but I think that his main way to get on the roster here as a rookie will be through special teams. And that's another strength of his. So as a rookie, I think that they're going to start him out slowly on offense, use him on special teams, and then maybe establish a bigger role for him as the year goes on. As far as the entire draft and your overall feeling for it, what was your favorite pick for the Bills in this in the 2018 draft? Well, you know, that's, that's a good question. Um, Tr- Tremaine Edmonds, I think, would be my favorite pick just because I, I had him as a top 10 player. I, I seldom mentioned him when talking about prospects because I, I, I pretty much expected the Bills to go up and get a quarterback. So I just thought that Edmonds would be clear off the board, even if the Bills kept their number 22 pick. So when he was hovering there at 16 and I saw that they traded up, uh, I was pretty thrilled. You know, that's the best of both worlds scenario for the Bills. They end up getting their quarterback of the offense and defense. Uh, In terms of values, I I love the Harrison Phillips pick. And today I love the Wyatt Teller pick. Uh, Teller is a guy that a lot of people had as a second or third round uh, prospect based on their draft boards. He has the experience. The Bills obviously have a need at offensive guard with Richie Incognito retiring. Uh, he's a guy that can come in right away and compete for that job. I'm not saying he'll end up winning it, but I could see him at least being the top reserve and spelling uh, Ryan Groy or whoever ends up winning that position this year. So in, in terms of a, a, a fit and a, and someone that um, I think was a steal on day three, it would definitely be Wyatt Teller. As far as the draft goes for the Buffalo Bills, what, in your opinion, was the most questionable pick where they picked in? You're kind of like, okay, I guess, you know, maybe maybe they know something that we don't. You know, I, we just talked about Ray Ray McLeod, and I like him as an athlete and things like that. But just because wide receiver is was such a big need, uh, I was a little surprised that he was the, the first wide receiver that they selected. Uh, in round six, you still had St. Brown from Notre Dame on the board, which shocked me. Uh, I had him as a top 100 player in this draft class. I still think that he's going to end up making a lot of teams look foolish, especially since he landed in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. And if he gets that chance, I think he'll really take off there. I, I just thought there were more established wide receiver prospects that they could have ended up going with at that pick. Um, but again, if they already have an idea in mind of how they want to use him, how they want to utilize him, uh, whether that's again, out of the backfield as a wide receiver and obviously in special teams, they're the ones that have been doing all the recruiting and all the scouting this year. So they have a better idea of the big plan or the bigger plan in this year and going on. But I, I guess that would be the one pick that I, that I question the most. As far as that goes sometimes, I mean, this is just a general question for the Buffalo Bills. Um, I guess I'm more of the opinion of special teams are important, but not as important as I think sometimes Sean McDermott makes it, makes it out to be. Um, do you ever have the that same opinion that um, drafting players or, or signing players to be sole special teamers as opposed to drafting guys with talent and having them on the special teams is something that the Bills uh, 
seem to do as opposed to, you know, the other way around? You know, he, he really has emphasized special teams since he came aboard. And, and that was one of the big reasons they brought in guys like Andre Holmes uh, and some of these other um, running backs that you've seen them bring in last season, because in addition to being depth at the running back position, they could handle returns or they could be uh, on the special special teams unit in general, too. But when it, when it comes to the rookie class, I actually do agree with it because on those day three picks, you're usually looking at these aren't guys that I'm necessarily expecting to get on the field as a rookie uh, in their actual position. So, um, you know, a cornerback and then a safety today for the first two picks. Obviously, Teller you're not going to most likely see out there on special teams, but uh, McLeod and uh, Austin Prohl and guys like that. Um, they, they might, that might be how they get on the field as rookies, kind of like Tanner Vallejo last year. You didn't see him that often on defense, but he played a lot of special teams. And this year, I think you'll see his role on defense increase. Um, you know, before they actually selected Edmonds, he was probably slotted on the depth chart to be their starter, which no one really expected to happen, but you will see him get more snaps there. So those day three guys, you want to have in mind that, okay, they might not contribute at their actual position as a rookie much, but we can bring them along and we can, we can say that they earn their spot through special teams as a rookie. So I know that the draft is over. We're all pretty much, you know, <laughs> feeling great about the team as we, as we tend to do after the draft. I feel like they filled a few holes and they're looking, you know, better in general with a lot of these picks, um, getting some starters in there. Like you said, uh, Wyatt Teller on, you know, offensive line, which I thought was a need, Tremaine Edmonds, Josh Allen, they, they've addressed a lot of different things, but Vegas still has them as a bottom three team for chances uh, of making the Super Bowl next season. Do you think that's a fair assessment? And do you think that's actually how it will go? And uh, or do you think that's just, you know, overblown because they'll have a rookie quarterback or, or, or an unproven quarterback like A.J. McCarron? I think there's a lot of factors that go into that, especially if you're just looking strictly at Super Bowl odds. Uh, in, in addition, you know, you've already said the quarterback position. There, there's no one established there. No one really knows what A.J. McCarron is going to provide. There was a very small sample size from Nathan Peterman that uh, obviously did not go well last year. And Josh Allen, you either love him or you hate him as a prospect, it seems like. Uh, and that's not just from the fan base. That's also draft analysts. Some have said, oh, you know, sick, he's the sixth best quarterback in this class. And you have other guys like Pete Prisco from CBS Sports saying A-plus pick, best quarterback in the draft. <laughs> Matt Miller from Bleacher Report, who had him as the seventh best overall prospect. So, you know, there, there's just so many differing opinions there. Uh, they still play in the AFC East, and Tom Brady's returning again, and Bill Belichick is still there. So I, when you look at getting into the playoffs, you're not looking at the Bills as being a contender in the AFC East. You're saying they would be vying for a uh, wild card spot. So that's another reason why you wouldn't really list them as a favorite for a Super Bowl, because they're not. Pr they're probably one of the least likely teams, say along with the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, for actually winning their division, where there's other divisions that are more wide open. Um, you know, take the AFC West. You might have a favorite in mind there, but you wouldn't. You know, I think the Chargers would be the favorite going into this year. But anything can happen in that specific division, especially after the Broncos draft, which I think went very well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, last but not least, you have the Bills playing a second place schedule this year, where if you had them playing a fourth place schedule and playing at some of the worst teams in the league from last year, maybe you'd see those odds be a little bit higher. Um, so there, there's so many different factors that go into those odds. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be too upset about it. If I were a bills fan, I just think at the end of the day, all those factors contribute to it. If that ends up being the case, which we obviously hope it isn't. Um, are you glad then that Buffalo didn't give up any of their 2019 draft picks like we were afraid they might have had to yeah I, I thought that was vital to make sure that you kept all of your 2019 picks especially the first round pick uh and i said that if the bills moved up to number two uh to get their quarterback because let's you know obviously sam darnold fell and maybe if they had been in love with sam darnold that would have been worth it because that he's your number one quarterback um most people didn't expect him to ever get past one leading up to this draft process so if they had done that 
and it was because he was their number one quarterback. I wouldn't have faulted them, but it would be a dangerous game just based on the rest of their roster and the fact that they could be giving up a potential top five or top ten pick. So uh, I think that was very smart. I I did see that originally Tampa was asking for that pick, and and the Bills just said there was no way they were giving it up, and that's kind of how they came up with that, the counteroffer. So they they did give up a lot of um, equity this year, but at the end of the day, they still came away with a potential franchise quarterback. Uh, They came away with a guy that – that most people had in the top 10 of their prospects in from Edward Edmonds, I should say, excuse me. Uh, and, and right there, that's, that's two home run picks, especially if Allen develops into a franchise QB. Ryan, it was great to have you on the podcast again. Um, he is Ryan Talbot from NewYorkUpstate.com. Find all his work there and find him on Twitter at Ryan Talbot Bills. Uh, thanks again for coming on and always a pleasure to talk Bills with you. Hey, anytime. I really appreciate it. All right, guys. Now on to the draft recap and some quick thoughts on it with audio from the draft and previous podcasts. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have traded the seventh pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the seventh pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Josh Allen, quarterback, Wyoming. So the kid from Fresno who played his college ball in Wyoming is going to Western New York, hoping for all those fans that he is the second coming somehow, someway of Jim Kelly to bring a Super Bowl trophy to the Lombardi Star fans there in Western New York. Mike, your thoughts? A couple of things. Number one, I give them a lot of credit for being patient, not going all the way up to two, giving away all their draft capital. They let the game come to them at number seven, and they got their guy. Number two, think about the culture in that locker room. That's an important thing for Sean McDonough and Brandon Bean. They got rid of a lot of players. This is their kind of player. He's got crazy arm talent. The issue with him, sometimes he throws the ball late. Anticipation, timing, and accuracy. I think he's a project. Like a lot of big-arm quarterbacks, I think he's going to take some learning to know when to throw the football, get it out, throw it early. And he's got to work on the accuracy, guys. No no question, Mike. When I look at his his accuracy issues, that's what's been talked about the most with Josh Allen. And when you study him, one of the reasons for that is because everything is on a line and hard. So when you watch him, I actually see a little bit of what you saw with Cam Newton as a thrower. When you watch Cam Newton throw the ball, everything is on a line and it's flat. With Josh Allen, it's the exact same way. When he has to layer the ball over a linebacker, under a safety, he struggles with some of that. You see here his movement skills that he has. That's him as an athlete. You love that. But, Coach, he's still got a ways to go before he is a consistent passer. Troy, what do you think? Well, Rich Eisen, you talk about measurables, and that's really what the draft is about. It's about measurables, and nobody has them better than Josh Allen at 6'5 and 230 pounds, and he's got a rocket for an arm. I was at his pro day. I saw him throw at 80 yards, so that excites everybody. He's able to make a lot of throws. When I watched him, he was great on his initial reads, and when he could drive the ball, he was really good. Struggled a little bit when he had to lay it, and when he had to get to his second and third receivers, it was a little bit problematic. The thing that stuck out, like you said, Mike, is that on easy now he didn't have a good offensive line and he didn't have really good receivers but even on easy throws he missed a lot of those and you just simply can't miss them whereas I think a Sam Darnold can correct the problems that he's had protecting the football I think as a quarterback when you're inaccurate my experience as a player in studying these guys for the last 17 years you usually do not overcome that that's going to be a challenge for him but he's got big upside as we all know it's josh allen from wyoming um the kid is a beast he has elite size he's 6'5 237 he has a rocket of an arm um there's been uh reports out there that he's able to throw 80 85 yards standing still um the one thing that people have, um, well, he, he has a couple knocks on him. The first major one for me is accuracy. He uh, he is not accurate. He's a not. <laughs> he, he's just not. Uh, yeah. It, there are plays that make you 
you, when when you watch him, there are plays that your eyes are just like, oh my god, that throw was a genius. And then you watch him three plays, the next three plays, and he'll miss guys that are just open. And you're like, like in clean pockets and yeah, everything, clean, like clean pockets, like not running for his life, just standing there, just can't just, throw, just missing, like sail, sailing sideline routes. And mm. I'm just because he was amazing in the Senior Bowl, right? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I saw him fit a like a <laughs> wor- workout numbers. He's very good. Um, but yeah, like you said, at the senior bowl, he put on a show. Um, I, he, I have a key stat for him. He played at Wyoming, so it wasn't one of the perennial powers of college football by any means. Mm-hmm. He played in a weak conference. Um, his big five conference games or ranked team games, he played five of them in his career. He was 77 for 155 which is a 49.6% completion percentage. Not ideal. Not great. Uh, 765 yards in five games. In five games? Yep. A 4.9 yards per attempt passing, mm. which is super short. It's it, That's that's terrible by NFL standards. Yep. College standards are much higher than that. Four touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So, <laughs> Red flag. He is... He is so polarizing because the plays where he is good, he is great. And anybody who sees him, their eyes light up when he plays well. But when he's bad, he is bad. And <laughs> I there's a there's an NFL comp that I have for him. He's not as mobile as this guy, but Cam Newton, I mean, he has elite size. He has a rocket arm, but you see Cam Newton miss throws every single Sunday. Does he? He should, he should be making these throws. Is Cam not an accurate quarterback overall? He's all over the place. Okay. I mean, he... he and he's mobile. Yeah, he, he is mobile. He um he can fit balls. Cam has a monster arm. He can fit balls into windows, just like Josh can. But um, it's just not for me. It's, I mean, accuracy is my number one thing that I look at, like oh, I've yeah. said, oh, yeah. and he just doesn't have it. He has pretty much a lot of everything else that you would look for, but... Now you've seen... So let me put it on this level. Now, I didn't talk about this earlier, but my gauge for all of these quarterbacks is I, in order for the Bills specifically to get to the next level... They need a quarterback that's better than Tyrod Taylor. Now, in some terms, I'm not saying that that's much, but in other terms, I'm saying it might be more than what these guys are offering. So when you say not accurate, you've seen Tyrod Taylor play. Do you think that this guy in a couple of seasons with a, you know, do you think Josh Allen has a potential to be better than Tyrod Taylor? Yes. Yes. Unequivocally. You did not. No question. You did not take much time to answer that question. No question. Okay. Okay. I personally don't find Tyrod Taylor to be any sort of good quarterback in any sense of the word. (laughs) Uh Um, I know Bill's fans fall on either side of the fence on that one. Oh yeah. Yeah. You just pissed off a lot of fans. right there. (laughs) But then you, you also got the fist bump from a lot of fans too. (laughs) So polarizing. He was, he was so ridiculously polarizing, but I guess I mean, his big thing was not turning the ball over. How is yeah. Josh Allen? I mean, you you just gave me the big five numbers. He, In general, was did he turn the ball over a lot too? He turned the ball over a lot against teams that could actually play college football at a level that he should be judged against. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the teams that Wyoming plays in their conference aren't great. Um, also, the talent level around Josh Allen on Wyoming wasn't great either. So, I mean, you have to look at that kind of – both ways like he isn't accurate but his receivers really weren't helping him out much his offensive line wasn't great he was always running around um but it's just um i think unequivocally in the right system josh allen can <laughs> will be a better quarterback than tyrod taylor okay good good well i mean yeah, it, i i just want to kind of put bill's fans at, at ease and me and myself also <laughs> because like i said i just i think with a quarterback better than Tyrod Taylor, they would have won against the Jaguars in the playoffs game. Oh, absolutely. You know, just somebody that could throw the ball for more than 150 yards. You know, I mean... And this kid has the arm to win you games. Okay. It's that simple. He he has a rocket arm that can fit into any window. It's just a matter of him actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that he Which is, sometimes he does. He's not completely inaccurate. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. you said, sometimes he makes amazing passes, then sometimes he just, you shake your head, you're like, wait, 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 what, what was that? That 49.6% stat that I said, um, that was only against the best teams that he played in his career. Um, his conference game, his lower-level competition, he had much better stats than that. That's why he is being talked about where he is by guys mm-hmm. like Mel Kuyper and mm-hmm. Todd McShay. Mel has him going one overall right now to the Browns. Um, Todd doesn't. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, he's a pretty polarizing prospect. Yeah. If uh, What about the comparables you've heard about Carson Wentz? I mean, are they just two completely different guys? Or do you think people do that because he's a big, tall guy with you know from a small conference? Uh, where, where was yeah. Wentz from? North Dakota State or something? Yep, North Dakota State. North Dakota State. So yeah, then you have another I, guy up there, too, in one of those big states with, with like 10,000 people in it. Yeah. I think that that is a majority of where that comes from. Um, I think that Josh Allen has a better arm than Carson Wentz does oh, okay. when he when he came out. Um, but Carson had a lot fewer um, negatives against him than Josh does. Okay. Um, he was he was accurate. I'm just I'm yeah. just gonna put that out there. That's my thing <laughs> and. Um, Carson was able to show against some decent teams that he was able to produce and move an offense. So Josh Allen, did he play in a pro style offense? Yes. And he also had the highest Wonderlick test score, right? How much do you put into the Wonderlick test? Is it, is it also a sliding scale? Like you don't need to see your guys be Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you don't want them to be Vince Young, right? Yeah, they need to have the mental capacity to learn an NFL playbook and be able to actually put that into practice on the field during games where everything is moving at a million miles an hour and you have to be able to make reads and make throws and lead a team down the field with audibles or play calls. And some people, like Vince Young, uh, couldn't do that as well as some guys. I put some stock in the Wonderlic test. Um, You want them to be above probably a 20, I would say. Mm -hmm. That's just my number. Mm -hmm. And you want quarterbacks to be pretty high in general. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything below a 20 should give you some It's a red flag. Yeah, it's a bit of concern. Okay. Um, Gotcha. So Josh Allen having the best. I mean, that's like another positive. Like you said, maybe... His accuracy isn't great, and he doesn't. But but there's also things as far as you know completion percentage, which wasn't great in big five games. Yes. But then he also well he has a great IQ. Bills back. The Baltimore Ravens have traded the 16th pick to the Buffalo Bills. With the 16th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select. Jermaine Edmonds, linebacker, Virginia Tech. He doesn't turn 20 until next week on May 2nd. He turns 20. He's an off-the-ball linebacker that some people can think he's so talented that he might even be an edge defender, a pass rusher on third down. His future is immense. I think Sean McDermott's excited about him. 6'4 and a half, 253. Guys, he ran 4-5-4 at the combine. Doesn't turn 20 until May 2nd. Wow. He's got this rare size and skill set that gives him a sub-package versatility. I think that if the Bills stay at 12, they have a shot at either Roquan Smith from Georgia or Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Uh, Both of these guys are inside backers. They are very, very, very athletic. Tremaine Edmonds is 19 years old. Wow. He's going to turn 20 before the season starts, but he is very young, very raw, but he his athletic ability is incredible. Uh, Edmonds is an athletic freak. He just is. He, he's, nine, he's 19, like I said. He can cover anybody. It's time for the Buffalo Bills. This is part of the Ronald Darby and Jordan Matthews acquisition. Along to the Eagles. To announce the Buffalo Bills selection, please welcome from from Cole College running back Fred Jackson and from Kutztown University of Pennsylvania Hall of Fame wide receiver Andre Reid. Freddie Jackson. Fred's a big running back. Yeah, man. He's still mad. Bills Mafia, what's happening? (laughs) 
joining us tonight from the Bills Inner Circle is one of the most recognizable fans in uh, Buffalo's history, Mr. Ezra Castro. Also known as Pancho Villa. <laughs> <laughs> he is currently, well, uh, this past week he's been battling, he had chemotherapy, he's been battling cancer, and, but this is not to dampen his spirit and his love for the game and his bills. Wow. That's Ezra. So nice. Pancho Villa, can you please join us on stage? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That is awesome. Fred that, Jackson and Andre Reed. What a moment. That, that is awesome. That tells you about that Bills community, too. About how the players interact with their fans and how that city embraces and the players embrace the city back. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bills Mafia. With the 96 pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, our Buffalo Bills select Harrison Phillips, defensive tackle, Stanford. Yeah, baby, give all those Bills. Boy, does he fit the Buffalo Bills. He's Kyle Williams. That's who he is. Kyle Williams, Jr. Live from Niagara Falls, I'm Pro Football Hall of Fame running back Thurman Thomas. With the 166th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Buffalo Bills select Wyatt Teller, guard, Virginia Tech. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Indeed. Uh, Wyatt Teller, the selection, interior lineman out of Virginia Tech. Yeah, he lifts. I can tell you, he doesn't skip bench press days. Because this guy will <clears throat> get under the weight bar and do some work. Um, really a physical, tough, strong specimen. Extremely lean muscle mass. Uh, when you look at him, I mean, doesn't carry much bad weight on there. He's a little bit linear as a blocker, so he'll slide off and fall off of some blocks. I talked to a guy who was a, a former offensive lineman who's in the area and asked him about Wyatt because he seemed to... I didn't see the same effort level on tape, and he just said, you know, something just didn't click with him this year because he mm -hmm. wasn't the same player as the year before. He didn't really know what it was, but he just said he just wasn't as good on tape as he was the year before. But he's very strong at the point of attack, a little bit like a poor man's Braden Smith for me in terms of how he plays the game. But, um, you know, good value here in the fifth round. So, what I, what I like about Virginia Tech players, like, they all kind of have the same – more. They all are tough, they're physical, they kind of have the right mentality. So going to Buffalo, I've talked about this repeatedly, I can't stress enough. The Buffalo Bills want a team full of blue-collar guys. You look at the players that they've acquired the last two years, they all kind of fit that specification. Wyatt Teller, Harrison Phillips, on and on and on. They're going to be tough, they're going to come to work, and they're just going to do their business and make sure they win a lot of games. So there was some audio and commentary on the first picks in the beginning of the NFL draft for the Bills in round one, pick seven, you had Josh Allen, quarterback out of Wyoming. Um, obviously, you heard a little bit of commentary from myself and John on the Reaction Podcast after the Bills drafted Josh Allen. Wasn't really in a good mood that night, and uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, the Bills traded back into the first round. Um, they actually had a pick in the first round, but they traded up to snag uh, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds. The guy's a, a physical freak. Um, he should be able to uh, become a day one starter, like Ryan Talbot had said, and uh, it seems like a, a very big upgrade over Preston Brown. Um, in round three, the Bills drafted defensive tackle Harrison Phillips out of Stanford. Um, everyone kind of labels him as Kyle Williams Jr., um, so that's exciting. You know, we're going to need eventually... A replacement for Kyle Williams in round four, pick 21. The Bills drafted cornerback Taron Johnson from Weber State. Looks like this guy might fit in as a slot corner on day one or at least compete for some cornerback death because the Bills need it. Round five, pick 17. The Bills drafted Sarah Neal, safety out of Jacksonville State. Now I see he's listed as a safety, but he could be a corner also. Um, small school prospect. Round five, pick 29. The Bills drafted Wyatt Teller, guard out of Virginia Tech. So this guy might be someone that can easily compete in, for the positions that Eric Wood or Richie Incognito gave up with their sudden retirements this season. 
The Bills definitely need some offensive line depth. Um, they still need some more, but uh, at least they were able to draft a guy that uh, was possibly uh, projected to be a second or third round guy. In round six, pick 13, the Bills drafted Ray Ray McLeod, um, wide receiver uh, out of Clemson. This guy's more of a punt returner. As you can tell, I asked Ryan a little bit about this. Why do these guys, why do the Bills draft punt returners and special teams players? But he made it, he, he had a good point in it. So, um, and then it, in the Bills' last pick, round seven, pick 37, uh, the Bills uh, drafted Austin Prohl, wide receiver out of North Carolina. So, um, possibility of sticking the roster there. The Bills definitely need wide receiver depth. I remember looking at Twitter um, around after uh, the Bills selected Taron Johnson in round four and Sarah Neal in round five. It was like, hey, you're going to address the offensive line or wide receiver? What the hell? And then the next three picks, they go guard, wide receiver, wide receiver. So they, they addressed it. Um, are they going to address all the needs that you want? Uh, no, and especially in the order that you want it because you'd rather have six first-round picks, right? We all would. Um, so I think the biggest need still are wide receivers for sure, uh, some some sort of RB running back for depth and a future running back to take over for McCoy who turns 30 in July. I think that's important. Um, we've been asking for that for a couple of seasons now and still haven't gotten. So maybe there's an undrafted guy that's out there. Um, still looking for some more offensive line depth um, along with Wyatt Teller, just something to someone to fill in with tackle and guard depth and also some, uh, some pass rusher help. I mean, Shaq Lawson and Jerry Hughes were very underwhelming last season. Maybe they'll step up this season. We can all hope, but, uh, it'd be nice to get someone off the edge that can, uh, that can rush the passer and help in that area. So, you know, we'll see what happens with undrafted free agents signed by the bills and if they can fill any holes that way. So let's get back to Josh Allen. I know I discussed it a little bit, um, in the reaction podcast after he was drafted, uh, but it's very clear that Josh Allen has accuracy issues. He only completed 56% of his passes in college in a very small conference. He didn't, he was in the Mountain West Conference um, in Wyoming, and he didn't dominate the, that conference in general, unlike Carson Wentz, who a lot of people compare to. Um, you know, he just didn't do as well. I mean, he did he did okay. He did well. They had winning records. But you would kind of hope that if he was to be in the mold of a Carson Wentz or a Ben Roethlisberger as a first-round prospect from a small school or small conference, you'd hope that he would just dominate that conference. And then when he got to the NFL, you'd ask, well, can he also do that in the NFL like he did in, in you know, a smaller school? So, um, you know, there's that. There's the bad tweets that he had, which were, you know, a small issue, but still, you know, something worth noting where he had some racial slurs and, you know, things that kids and teenagers would probably say on Twitter, especially before it became the watchdog or before it was, you know, under a microscope like it is now. Um, there was a report I brought up with Ryan Talbot that this possibly was a Pagula pick because Chris Mortensen reported that Terry Pagula was infatuated with Josh Allen. So uh, based on Ryan Talbot, uh, the conversation with Ryan Talbot, he made me feel a little bit better about it. I was just... I was just wondering, are we on, is this going to become an owner who meddles with his team? Is this going to be a guy who looks to uh, draft certain guys and, and get his own guy as opposed to listening to the guys that he hired in his front office? Um, right now, speaking of wide receivers and, and needing some death, the Bills don't really have any wide receivers to take advantage of Josh Allen's arm strength. And his arm strength is one of the biggest positives of his game right now and uh and and one of the uh one of the last negative things i'll say about josh allen you know besides his completion percentage his non-dominance in a small conference his tweets you know uh, his his inaccuracy um is that he picked he picked a bon jovi song as his walk-up song for the draft he picked wanted dead or alive and although i might have thought that it was an amazing song uh, pre-2014, um, I can't help but think that it was a poor choice. I mean, Bon Jovi tried to buy this team and move it to Toronto. So still not a big fan of Bon Jovi. Not sure how you guys feel about it, but um, I still change the song every time I hear it on the radio, and I've almost gone to deleting all the songs on my iPhone. So we'll see. I haven't gotten that far yet. But 
you know, with all these negatives about Josh Allen and him becoming our franchise quarterback and probably not the quarterback that everyone in Buffalo wanted, I wanted to turn this over to a new segment. Always look on the bright side of life. Always look on the light side of life. So in Josh Allen's defense, I mean, there really was a lack of weapons and talent surrounding him at a very small school. I mean, in the small sample size of what Josh Allen had with comparable talent to what he supposedly is in the Senior Bowl, he was 9 of 13 for 158 yards and two touchdowns. And if you looked at that game, he looked he looked pretty good, either rushing the ball and passing the ball. And 9 of 13, that's a 70% completion percentage, which, you know, is pretty good. It's a very small sample size, so I don't know if you can really take much of it. But, you know, there have been some very good quarterbacks coming out of the league with low quarterback completion percentage, like Jim Kelly, our own Jim Kelly, Brett Favre, and Joe Montana. They both had completion percentages lower than Josh Allen did in his time at Wyoming. And, um, you know, I couldn't help but think that, you know, one of the reasons why the Bills drafted Josh Allen is because he's the opposite of Tyrod. He's tall. He's six foot five inches. And he does something that, you know, so he's able to see wide receivers over the line, you know, probably better than Tyrod ever could. Another thing he does better than Tyrod uh, was able to is, is he pulls the trigger and actually makes decisions, um, you know, good or bad with the football, where I felt like there were a lot of times that Tyrod just hesitated too much and then just dumped off at the last second. You know, another thing to look on the bright side of this draft and the Bills team is they drafted Tremaine Edmonds. He is going to be a beast for this team and hopefully become that franchise inside linebacker, a middle linebacker that the Bills can have as, as a quarterback for this defense for years to come. Um, the, uh, another huge thing with this draft was the Bills still have all of their picks in the 2019 draft. And why that's important, you know, take it or leave it. Right now, the Bills have uh, are, are basically projected to be a bottom three team based on what Vegas has. And if you give away that 2019 first-round pick, you're, you're possibly losing a top-ten pick next year. So maybe next year is a year that you go get that franchise wide receiver or whatever if this year doesn't end up being, you know, another playoff run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's great. I mean, the fact that the Bills have all of their picks, including their first-round pick in 2019, that's huge. That's, that's a great thing. Um, I loved uh, the Poncho Billa uh, announcing – Harrison Phillips is a third round pick in the draft. Um, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I didn't know a whole lot about Pancho Billa, uh, before, you know, the last uh, few months in, in last season. Um, you know, I, I definitely know a lot of the big fans I've stood next to the chefs. They're in the corner of the end zone. I've gotten seats with them. I've seen, you know, the Elvis guy. There's a lot of very famous bills fans, you know, the Pinto tailgate guy. Um, I've just never heard of Pancho Billa before this last season. Um, but I think that's awesome that they brought him up to announce Harrison Phillips as a third-round pick. Um, that just speaks to um, the kind of community that I think Bills fans have. And, and I don't think it gets talked about enough. Um, you know, I, it's it's things like this. It's moments like this that just make me proud to be a Bills fan. And not only I'll always love my team, but it just makes me love being a Bills fan itself. Uh, it reminds me of when uh, the Bills got into the playoffs and there was, you know, I forget exactly what the amount ended up being, but it was over a quarter of a million dollars in donations from Bills fans to Andy Dalton's charity foundation just to say thank you for ending the drought. And, you know, that's just amazing. I don't know of any other fan base that has that kind of thoughtfulness and sense of community that Bills fans do. So, you know, seeing that, just it, it just took it to a, a new level for me and uh, and continued, you know, uh, I'm just happy to be a Bills fan. I guess that's all it comes down to. Um, another thing we want to talk about is, looking on the bright side, is trusting the process. Um, you know, you got to hope 
that Bean is the smartest guy in the room, along with other guys that gave the Bills a really high draft grade. Guys like Pete Prisco, uh, Mel Kuyper, uh, Walt Cherpinski from Walter Football. And you know, the, as far as trusting the process goes, I mean, it's almost like believing in religion or having faith. Like if you're a Christian, you know, it's like believing in Jesus or whatever. You know, there are things out there that, you know, you don't have proof of, you can't hold in your hand and that you just, you just haven't seen for yourself, you know, just like religion. And I feel like that's just like trusting the process. You have to believe in something that you can't see and hold and and touch and feel. And sometimes it doesn't make sense logically, but it's just like having faith. You know, you just got to trust the process. And, um, you know, the Bills, we didn't think that, you know, the Sammy Watkins trade was a good move last season or the Ronald Darby trade or Marcel Darius trade. I mean, we questioned a lot of things around the way, along the way. And in the end, it ended up working how great it went from a tank season to a season where they actually made the playoffs and ended the drought. They should be cautiously optimistic that this coaching staff that they have in place is going to better the football in Buffalo for years to come. So you like this front office and coaching staff? Yeah, like. so far. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, what's what's not to like? Sean McDermott came in. They traded a bunch of guys away that we, everybody thought was going to help the Bills this year. They thought it was almost a throwaway year. They end the drought. I mean, the arrow of the franchise is pointing up. So that nice. should be a refreshing thought for fans from Buffalo. Bills Mafia, Josh Allen here. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to be a part of Bills Mafia. It's a match made in heaven. I love wings. Uh, let's go, baby. So we got our guy. And unless told otherwise or proven otherwise, I'm just going to continue to trust in the process and have faith in the guys up front. And hey, it was still a good weekend, too. The Sabres won the draft lottery, so hopefully we'll get a franchise player there. And uh, both franchises are finally on the road to long-term success. On a personal podcast note, uh, we are on YouTube now. So check out our YouTube page at CTW Pod and subscribe there for all podcasts and other information. We are putting together a highlight uh, playlist of Josh Allen and other draft picks in a 2018 Bills draft picks highlight playlist. So check that out. We'll keep uh, information there. Um, We're also going to be adding an ultimate tailgate music playlist in the off season on our YouTube page. So we'll be, I'll be welcoming songs to be added on there. So you can just open up our YouTube page and crank up the tunes, dude, while you're tailgating and table breaking in the parking lot of new era field or in your home or wherever the hell you tailgate. So check us out, subscribe there. Um, again, check out T public for our end of the drought wall art and new podcast logo. Um, I'll tweet out the link to both. And a lot of people have been asking us to be on the podcast and contribute in some way, shape, or form. And I really appreciate it. Um, it's really um, nice that people have reached out to us and want to be part of this. I mean, this is what this podcast is all about, the Circling the Wagons podcast. We're we're all fans and none of us are experts. We're just all people with opinions and uh, we love our team. And, you know, it's so it's great to get fan perspective from you guys. And, and if I could think of something to add each and every one of you in that wants to be in, I will do it. But, uh, but speaking of experts, I want to thank everyone for their interviews in this offseason, thank Ryan Talbot of NewYorkUpstate.com at Ryan Talbot Bills, our draft scout, Zach Sheets at CalX12, C-A-L-A-X-12, Anthony Marino from Buffalo Rumblings at Anth Marino and uh, at Bills QB Watch. And although free agency and the draft are done, keep subscribing and downloading as we continue to provide content, interviews, and fan discussion insights throughout the offseason all the way up to training camp the preseason and of course the regular season uh, we're on everything so you can subscribe to us on itunes stitcher google play TuneIn, podbean iHeartRadio, and as i mentioned earlier youtube uh, please leave us a review if you can and tell a friend about us uh, we'd appreciate it a lot uh, we're reaching more people than ever and have gotten more downloads than uh than ever before ever what i thought actually so this is great so thanks again for listening and for all of us at the circling the wagons podcast and for me nate go bills and we'll talk to you all again soon thanks
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's charlietangowhiskeypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.